back to Come and See Inspirations and the second part of our podcast, our weekly podcast uh, here on Come and See Inspirations. My name is Shane Ambrose. Delighted to have you with us on what is Trinity Sunday, the 12th of June, 2022. Uh, so for part two of the program, we are delighted to welcome in to catch up and to touch base as we head into the summer with our good friend, Noreen Lynch. Good afternoon, Noreen. How's things? Good afternoon, Shane. It's lovely to be here with you both. So uh, Noreen is, is joining us. So we're going just to catch up with her um, So and um, just to talk about kind of thoughts and reflections on approaching our summer as things go. But Noreen, before we get into that, I suppose let's do the business side of things first. So, you know, your 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 official capacity, you are the, the, the director of the FCJ House of Spirituality in Spanish Point. So... Jack um, Spiritualta. Jack Spiritualta. And uh, I suppose one of the things is it's a new venture by the FCJ sisters and yourself. Um, and as we come down into the summer, I think you guys, you guys are, you guys are kind of um, July and August. There isn't, there isn't anything on as such. Well, I suppose the FCJ uh, sisters have this house in Spanish Point is their summer house. So what it is is that it's actually in full capacity July and August, but it's full with the FCJ sisters, so it's booked out essentially. Um, so they will come in from far and wide and will have both holidays and retreats in the house overlooking the sea. And then their gift and their, their desire is that from September to June, then the, for the rest of the year, the house would be used and available as a spirituality house and um, by the sea. And so it's been a really interesting year. It's been uh, quite a year to start anything new. Um, I suppose we started in September and uh, really we were... We had a little, a little break, kind of November time, maybe, but really it was February before we were out of lockdown or COVID restrictions of any kind. So there was that kind of a sense that the first few months really gave an opportunity for going slow and for Camley kind of getting to know the locals, making connections, setting up, you know, different bits and pieces. But it's a real gift of a place. And one of the things I learned very fast, I suppose, is that uh, to live, I wasn't living, but I was staying quite a bit in the house by the sea, you really learn to slow down, um, which isn't my nature. My nature is to be coming up with ideas and plans and going. And and yet the seasons insisted on on being exactly that season, exactly the time. Uh, and really calmed you down. And, and when I arrived first, it was funny. I thought a really nice um, image for me that, that summed up the year was when I arrived first, I was organising things like uh, logos and websites and all those emails and things that you have to set up a phone number. And I had somebody set up a logo and we took a look at a logo, which was based on an image of the house so people would recognise the place. And when I brought it to the sisters, they said to me, oh, no, that's not what we want at all, because this place isn't about the building. It's about the view. It's about you standing, looking out at creation and what that does for you. Um, And initially I was kind of going, yeah, but we have to recognise the building and my business head almost was on. But as I slowed and as we dropped down into the year, I could see really clearly that's exactly correct. That they, well, of course, they knew from generations of being on that site. The what was special was not this building offering something, which is great in itself. What was special was to stand at the edge of the ocean and to discover creation as a gift of God uh, for anyone who wants it, and to discover that when we can slow down and be present, that here we are in the presence of God and all things are fine. All things can heal. As, as Carl Barry said at our retreat only a couple of weekends ago, we had a weekend retreat. Will you let God love you? The um, Edwina Gately poem. 
uh, let God love you. Will you just allow God to look at you? Will you just sit in the calm and be with God and let God be with you? Um, so for me, it's been a very interesting year of actually that drop down, that drop down. And in that then forming a structured and a kind of a calm pathway forward in that so that it's not so much about just sitting around because that wouldn't do anything. Um, it, it's structured, but that structure is coming from uh, that, that, you know, developing programs is coming from a place of depth rather than uh, busyness. Um, so one of the gifts of COVID for all of us was that we were forced to slow down and be with ourselves. And it was a gift that had some darkness in it that was challenging because particularly when we tried to begin again for many of us, it's not easy. And so one of the things I've been saying more and more to friends this year is that taking time, and it doesn't have to be coming to the FCJ Spirituality House, it could be anything that you're doing. It could be getting a, an afternoon at the sea, it could be insisting on your walk every day. We know those things were good for us when we hadn't a lot of choice. But we have to kind of keep those things in front of us now because they help us to remember who we are. And in remembering who we are, we recognise who God is and that God is with us in us. So that, that, that sense of slowing down and really just standing. I mean, it's, it's a spectacular space in terms of, you know, wherever you sit or stand, the weather will change in every 10 minutes, first of all, no matter what coach you have on you. <laughs> um, but also the, the sheer realisation of your own smallness, but also your own integral part of creation. Um, I think as I grew up, I very much, like most of us, understood creation as something that was useful to me and that nature was beautiful because it helped me to recognise God. Whereas more and more as I age, I begin to think, your creation I'm, I'm actually recognizing myself as part of the, the gift of God to the world I'm actually realizing that everything about my life and about each person's life is absolutely dignified and important and beautiful because it's all that breath of the divine so I stand in front of the wholeness of creation not simply to see how useful it is to me but to really have that sense of being part of something amazing that God has created. And, and out of that, I was reading some of Pope Francis' letter the other day from uh, 2020, one of his catechesis on healing the earth. And uh, it was just really beautiful to that, that sense. He just said, like, as long as we can really love and appreciate creation, we're capable of loving and appreciating human beings and each other. Uh, but that need to almost step back and to, to, and he said that the cure for a lot of our, our pain is contemplation. The, the cure for our misuse of the earth is contemplation was the quote actually and that the, the ability to slow and be still and recognise what matters allows an awful lot to heal and I suppose if I'm not uh, over tipping the point I just, just that sense that a space like the FCJ Spirituality House doesn't need to be terribly busy in terms of putting on loads and loads of things but rather it needs to hold that space as a place where everybody is welcome and where People have time to be with God and to recognise God with them. And, and that for me, really looking back over the year, I, I found that, that the image of almost going from the logo from we'll have a picture of the house to we'll have a picture of, of God's creation. And then myself recognising as I slow down and am present, I'm available to God and God can do good things through me. Um, but I really think that's a gift for a lot of us. And I just really encourage people, even if you're not able to, to get out and about, you might find yourself at this stage that you're, you're not as strong as you were and you mightn't have loads of energy to be going for a walk. But you can actually sit by the window and watch the birds in the garden for five minutes and just say, Lord, just remind me that you love me. Um, you can watch things that are growing. And it mightn't even be, you might have a lot of concrete, 
but there's, there's, there's life around you somewhere. And even if at the very, very basic, if you find yourself in a situation where you don't have a plant growing or a weed coming up through the, the, the yard outside that you're looking out at and seeing it grow, you might be able to sit with your own breath and say that the same oxygen that every plant in the universe has given off is coming into my lungs. And that as I breathe out carbon dioxide, somewhere in the world there is a tree or a plant that will benefit from what I'm letting out into the world. That we're part of this cycle and that God is, is taking care of all of us and is carrying all of us in this cycle of life. With that now, and thanks a lot for that now, can you just give us a flavour of some of this bits and pieces that you presented to us during the year? Exactly, so that, that grounds it quite well then. when you So, so it's lovely to have that big vision. Um, and then you say, well, what, what did you do? <laughs> so let's come back to what we did. Uh, so I suppose I would say that one of the things I told people was that from, I started in September and from September when the FCJ Spirituality House opened until about February, we essentially changed our plans every month. We planned month by month because there was a different lockdown. There was a different number of people allowed to gather. So we started with a number of different gentle things. We had uh, some... Uh, we had morning meditation from the start, two mornings a week. We've carried that Tuesday and Thursday morning. We've carried that since September. We had, um, in November, we had, we managed to have a weekend, uh, our first, or a Saturday, I should say, on resilience through story and learning how sharing stories would help us with what we were doing. We started some song circles. So a lot of things that were about helping people to come out and to be together, to share their stories. And then things like Fanula Quinn, a Dominican sister, led us in a contemplation, a contemplative prayer, um, we had meditation, Lexia Divina, things like that for Advent um, and, and different bits. Of, and suddenly we found as we came into February, uh, the very end of January, actually, we had planned a couple of things for St. Bridget's and had thought we don't really know if we should plan them or not or if it's possible. But thanks be to God, we were able to gather. So we made Bridget's crosses together. And then uh, with that was with Ruth and Deirdre was with us and we made uh with Deirdre, we had a lovely Saturday and a Sunday uh, celebrating St. Bridget in music and song and dance and, and poetry um, and beautiful imagery. And just very gentle. And, and there was a real sense, I suppose, of people finding their way back out to sit together. You know, like even we're well spread out and all the windows and doors open, mass and all them things. And yet to be together was a new lesson because people realised it was tiring, you know, or, or that their concentration was different. And to have patience with yourself around that was challenging. And then, so we did, again, continued in this, from February on in some simple things like movie nights, which sounds very simple, but to have 15, 16 people in a room, which is what we would have had, watching movies that we chose that were around the theme of joy and, and community. Uh, Bob Vernon, who's um, uh, in, lives in the is excellent at that, and Bob led us in just some really reflective movies that helped us to, to chat, drink a cup of tea afterwards, talk with one another, and really feel connected. Um, Mary Lillis led us in a, a spring dance, circle dance. And then we began a talk series with Donald Dorr, which has proved really popular since February up until maybe six sessions where Donald did some online conversations on themes like faith and love and hope, um, the spirit, the cosmic Christ, different themes. And really the gift that Donald offered was the conversation as much as the, as the input. The input was always a great standard, but... It was really left loads of room for conversation and so affirming of people who share, who'd come in and say, well, I'm not sure if, I'm not a theologian, but I was thinking. And he'd come back and completely affirm people in what they were thinking. And, and really, and not in, a, in a, a, a general way, he'd mean it, like he'd be very clear on why in that. And 
I thought, just thought that was really good and healing as well. During Lent, we did a lot of different things on, um, including a Lent talk series that was very popular. That was um, uh, Jesse Rogers, Michael Conway, and uh, Jim Ramarku. We did that online, and it's one of the gifts of online. We were able to have people who we wouldn't be able to bring down to West Clare. We were able to invite them. Yeah, and that made a huge difference, I thought. Um, and then I, I suppose one of the things that, that the learnings for me was at Lent, we had something on most evenings. It was different. There was music or there was uh, um, reflection or lexio, different talks. And I found that actually it was quite a lot, quite busy. And so for we decided for June, May and June that we would just go gentle. And we've had a couple of gentle events. We've had a lovely, we had a lovely weekend retreat with Carl Barry last month. And this month we'll have one with Jane and Sally on an ashram experience, a real experience of meditation, stillness, uh, a Christian ashram idea. Um, and there's a, and it's spoken away nicely for that. But the idea really is to give people gentle opportunities. You know, we're going to finish the end of June with a garden party to a Tuesday and Thursday afternoon, just have a garden party and invite people to have a bit of music and tunes. Again, just to let people gather, be around each other, laugh out loud. And then when the sisters come in July, actually the first week they're there, they do a really lovely thing. You know, this is organised by Marion, one of the sisters. But I, I can only claim I'll help out, but I won't be organising it. But they invite, they have an open house in um, for Willie Clancy Week. So the house is four up from the Armada, but, you know, a mile or so over the road from Milltown. And they open the house from 10, no, from 1.30 in the morning until 10 at night. And they, anybody's welcome to come. There's tea, coffee, all kinds of things available. And then there's um, at 2 o'clock and at 5 o'clock and at 10 at night, Deirdre Mikineda will lead a prayer session from Tuesday to Friday. So people will come along, have a cup of tea. I find that I, I called in previous years and talked to people about it and they said, Somebody might be in town and just go, I'm actually, it's too much noise, too much music, too much, you know, happening. I've met too many people. I need a small bit of space. There's a nice place to go. Or an elderly relative, maybe who's come in for a bit and says, look, an hour is enough. I need to, I'm not ready to go home yet. But, or you might have somebody who's heard the FCJ sisters of a place and they're curious. Uh, or again, you might have somebody who's had a bereavement and who just says, you know what? I'd like a place where it's safe to sit for a while and be among people who'd be kind to me. Um, not that, of course, everybody would be kind, of course, if they knew. But we found a great mix of people who just step out for a little bit and are going back into Milltown, who love Willie Lancy Week because it's, it's, it's incredible and it's a big anniversary this year. But we'll have that as a space of heart on the edge of the town. We're really looking forward to that. So that's a lot of stuff, John, to answer your question. Sorry. You're going to try and follow something like that now later on when you start back again, maybe September or whenever it is, is it? Well, I suppose I have a... First of all, the circumstances have changed completely. Um, so it'll be obviously a building on what we're doing um, and there's a few ideas that we have that we're following but one of the nice things that's going to happen is that this year we could only have day events and we're going to do some work in the house hopefully God, in October so that for 20, from 2023 on probably December even 2022 we'll be able to have residential events so we'll have 10 to 12 beds single beds single rooms available for people and that will allow us then to offer weekend retreats because that's really at the heart of what we're doing is the Ignatian idea of often directed um, quiet retreats for people. Uh, so there will be a mix. My hope is that in every month there would be a, an opportunity for a quiet retreat and then there might be a Saturday that might have a theme. So somebody might say, I'd like to come away for a day. I don't think I'd be able for two days of quiet, but I'd love to come to a theme. 
someone else might say, I don't think I'd be able for being talked to. I'd much rather come to quiet and to be supported and to see where I'm at. And then we might have some people who just say, actually, we'd really like to rent the house. We'd really like to come up and bring our own group to the house. So that's all going to be possible in 2023. So what I'm thinking in terms of, and, and I'll be bringing this, of course, to my advisory committee and, and different groups to check and, and balance what we're doing to make sure it's it's in line with the handbook that, that the sisters gave me when I started. What we're really thinking is that we would have this focus um, of the retreats, residential retreats, so that we would maintain and build on that strong connection with the locals. Uh, one of the other things that we've been doing this past year has been exploring the audacity and creation spiral, different different things around how we can help people to connect. So creation spiral is creating on the landscape, on the physical landscape, a nice place to walk, like a labyrinth. And we're actually hoping in September to offer workshops so that people can get involved and help them to create that. And so that people who are out for a walk could come into the space and walk and have a reflection on God who created the world in all these different points along the way, and that we could actually um, have that in place for people. So there's family that local residential all the time. Please, God, that's the plan anyway. <laughs> I'm just wondering there, where, where do you get all of your energy from? Well, I live in a very nice part of the world, so I guess that, that gives me any energy. I think I have... I suppose what I say, John, is I talk a lot and to turn that into action is another thing. What I found, as, as particularly in any of this work, is you can't do this alone. You can have a lot of opinions, but it's actually as you gather people and you begin to try different things. Um, you know, tomorrow night we'll have our monthly singing circle. I do that with Anne and myself. I think when I'm doing crafting or creative stuff, Linda comes in, who would be I have a very good eye for the spiritual and, and for art, so a very good way of how to help people to engage with things that are creative. But, you know, so each different thing I do, I have somebody I work with and, and there's a team. And I think that's quite important um, and has been a big learning for me because sometimes I would tend to be a bit of a lone ranger. But I think, again, that thing of if, you, if you're watching creation, you see there's nothing that's actually independent and separate. There's nothing of quality that, that lasts separately. It's all connected. So you need to build those networks. That, that gives you connection, you know. Well, Noreen, for... Someone who was really benefited from from what you offered, whether that was the meditation and choose and Thursday mornings or some of the talks. Thanks a lot for putting them on and thanks a lot for allowing us all to join in because sometimes we're strangers. We mightn't be too sure as to whether we should open our mouths or not, but you very gently encouraged us you know, to pass it. So thanks a lot for that, Noreen. And um, Shane, if I were you, if you get a chance to get up there, that that I, I I tried. Noreen Noreen will say I was on to her a couple of times during the year, and just yeah. it's it's not always the easiest thing to do, Noreen. But I suppose that's an important point. I suppose Noreen, just I suppose moving it slightly to the bit more general from 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 yeah. from, from the centre is just I suppose one of the challenges we thought we learned it during COVID, but the world has come back with a bang in terms of busyness at the moment and everything that's going on and people are under an awful lot of pressure. Uh, everyone's very conscious, of course, about the cost of things and so on and so forth. And yeah. even trying to get out of the country can prove challenging. But I suppose, I suppose one thing we have to remind ourselves um, is that we do need to take uh, self-care and downtime. Well, of course, one of the things is like we wouldn't use a, a machine or something if we, like without, without oiling and taking care of it. We wouldn't allow a field to grow crops every single year without allowing it to lie fallow. Or as we do wrongly, we, we stick a load of fertilizer on it and try and make it do more. Actually, the, the skill or the gift is is to say, 
what is the balance that will help us to be healthy? You know, um, and I think we have lived in a world for a long time that has said uh, the busier you are, the more successful you are. Uh, and in a lot of ways, it's not that people want to be busy. It's not that they intend to be busy. A lot of it is from love. If you're driving your four children to all their different sporting events, that's not done out of a desire to be busy. It's out of wanting the best for your children. But you can find that what happens is you go full tilt when you're physically at home. And the only place you allow yourself space to rest is when you get on a plane or when you, when you leave on a holiday and you're gone. And you say, now I flop. And then I come back and I go full tilt again. And while that seems fine for a while, it's not actually healthy. And one of the things we learned in lockdown was if we couldn't go on holidays, how did we have balance? You know, was balance watching TV and having more information coming on top of us? Or was balance going for a walk every morning? And it's, I suppose the thing that has happened is we find ourselves pulled back into something and we're not really choosing. And I think this probably the point that, that's the most challenging in life is not whether we're busy or quiet. It's whether we chose the life we have. And I think that's where something like spiritual direction or having a quiet time is really important. It gives you a space to say, am I choosing my life or is it? am I just reacting and letting it happen to me? Uh, and all across our families and our communities, we see where at crucial moments, people didn't feel they had the time or the income or the, the space to make decisions that were what they really wanted to make. They just said, but we have to do this. And, and life kind of keeps going. So one of the beauties of having... For example, if you're in religious life, you're asked every year to go on retreat. So for one week, you have a week that's out. Now, some years you mightn't use it to the best advantage, but most years what happens is after two or three days, you start to notice how you are. And because you're meeting with the spiritual director every day who's saying, how are you getting on? Where are you going with this? You get a bit of a challenge which helps you to focus for the year ahead. And in the same way, people will say that go on their walk every evening and say, I go on my walk with my friends, I meet them at the bottom of the hill and we go for an hour and we talk the whole world out. And by the time we come home, I'm OK. You know how important that is, that we take the time and we have a little bit of space in whatever way we manage it. Um, so, so for some of us, it's that time of prayer. Some of us, it's that time of stillness, that contemplation. For some of us, it's spiritual direction, sitting with somebody who challenges us and asks us to notice how we're growing and developing. Um, for some people it's going to the gym you know for, that it's good for the head but it's really about saying am I choosing my life or is my life happening to me and I would consider it particularly important if you have any duty of care whether as a family person or if you're in leadership like how are you saying to yourself I'm, choo I'm choosing my life I'm the values that I started off with the things that inspired me I'm noticing how they're developing and how what I need for nourishment to help me to grow because all of those things help us. One of the, the interesting things that happened to me a few years back was as a single person, and I don't have children, um, I had a great life a lot of the time. And I started having a lot of plants and I noticed the plants were dying on me and I'd be saying, I'm, I'm just not good at plants. And someone said, no, you just don't take care of them. Water them and they'll be fine. And for me, the, the actual conscious decision with a plant, not a, not, not a child, not, a, not a, a puppy, but with a plant to say, I consciously decide to check the plant for water every day, was an actual revelation. And so my plants, are, some of them are great now, some of them aren't great. I left, I left a few of them uh, when I was going in and out to Spanish Point for my Clarecastle home. Some of them have left. Um, but the learning that, uh, of choosing 
to take care of something rather than saying, I'm just not good at that, has been, that's a spiritual journey. Uh, I remember at a retreat many, many years ago, somebody asking a priest who was, Father Brian, who was leading the retreat, for a list of sins. They said, is there a list? Do we just go to the catechism and get a list of sins? And he said, no, I don't have a list of sins for you, he said. But if you know that if you don't get enough sleep, you're cranky and you're mean to people tomorrow and you still don't get enough sleep, I'd suggest there might be something sinful in that. And I thought it was a lovely definition because it, it took it out of a particular act and into a making yourself well enough to be good in the world for those around you. And so part of what I'd say about that general thing of taking care of yourself a lot of the time, the very people who are the busiest feel that it is a luxury or we're being selfish to take care of ourselves. It's actually part of our faith journey to take care of ourselves so that we're healthy and available, so that we choose our life and so that we can notice God at work in our life. Does that make sense as, as an idea? It does. It makes perfect sense. And I have to say, we give a lot of people um, food for thought in terms of looking at things. And it's... it's um, it's a, it's a, it's an interesting way of putting it of asking asking that question, as you said, very much of course for those as you said that have a duty of care, particularly where you're looking after others in a family situation. It's not always the easiest to get space or to get time out, uh, or to be able to carve that space out. Um, so it's 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 a good reminder as we as families kind of face into um, the challenge of the summer. You know, um, I, for me, I suppose one of the things I, I would, I've always observed more than anything else is, you know, some people get, oh, well, the kids are doing this this week and this this week and this this week. And you're kind of going, just let them be kids. You know, they, it doesn't have to be structured. Yeah. Let them off and let them loose. But not, of course, that very much, very much depends on, on family circumstances exactly. and, yeah. Yeah. And, and things like that. But, um what I'm saying that, Shane, is, is just to uh, to say to parents, like often even when you go on holidays with kids, you're not really on holidays. You're trying to be, but you're still minding and managing. Um, I remember my own mother, when my brother, who's who's well grown up and, and a father himself now, uh, when they'd go on holidays he, with the babe, I remember he, he was the youngest, so I remember it. She used to say, I'm on holidays. So the one, it's the only time of the year she allowed herself to buy nappies because any other time, like she'd just be doing the right thing. But on holidays, she had to have some bit that was so she wouldn't use a washing machine and she'd buy nappies for the week just so that she didn't have to wash clothes. That was her holidays. So for a lot of parents, that's the reality of holidays. You're not, you know, you're driving and pulling and dragging and keeping everyone entertained and trying to get a rest in between it. But if you can say to yourself, when I'm going for my walk, there's a couple of lovely podcasts like Pray As You Go. Every, every second day even, every so often, I'm going to take something that nourishes me that gives me a bit of, of, of nourishment, not just information, or I'm going to, you know, do whatever little bit that reminds me. It might be to hang a holy water font in the front of the house and I'm going out put holy water on all the children and myself and say, Lord, you take care of them so that I don't spend the whole day worrying about them. It can be that, that those simple things that we just do to support and structure ourselves. I'm thinking of Martina Lehan Sheehan's lovely book, The Trellis for the Soul. We don't need to do loads of things. We don't need to be going off and getting degrees and doctorates and things. But if we can do small things that are like a little trellis to support us in our mental and our physical, our spiritual health, it's great. So again, yeah, if you can get to the sea for a walk in the evening, that's gorgeous. But if you can't, have you a flower that you can notice how it's grown? Have you birds that you can watch? Um, any of those things are going to help you to say, Lord, we are wonderful and mar wondrously and marvellously made. 
and you have a hand in all things and you who take care of the birds that, that fly that seem to have, you don't know how they're managing. I see out by the Atlantic, we have the tiniest wagtails, these little teeny tiny birds that look like they'll tip over at any point and they're running around in the Atlantic wind and you're saying they surely must be hopped off things and they're not. So somehow they have evolved and created in a way that they can live really well in this mad blustery place. And in the same way, God can carry us and take care of us in the mad blustery world post-COVID. But we have to mind each other and we have to mind our own head and our own selves. And we're entitled to do that. You know, not in some kind of a rights way, not in some kind of a my right to... That's all important, but that's not really it. It's actually, I want to be of service. I want to be healthy so I can be of service. So the last thing I'll tell you is the story Mother Teresa talked, or a sister came who's working in Calcutta with Mother Teresa, said to her one evening when she was coming home from serving on the streets and she was kind of exasperated and she said, if I was able to stay out for another hour, sister, I could do, Mother, I could do so much because they had to come home, they had to have tea, they had an hour before the Blessed Sacrament and they had Eucharist together. And uh, Mother Teresa said, but that's why you're coming home because that time is going to give you the energy to continue to do what you do on the streets. But without that time of contemplation, your action will get harsh. And without that time of action, your contemplation will get lazy. Now, that I, I'm paraphrasing that entirely. I'm not putting words in Mother Teresa's mouth. But that her thing was, you come home and sit with Jesus so that every time you go out, every person, every feet you wash is Jesus' feet. And I think in the same way as a mother or a father, as a, you know, a school teacher, as a person who's preparing resource materials or do preparing media like you're doing, whenever we're stepping out and being in leadership and offering things to people, we nourish ourselves so that what we share with the world is coming from that place of, of healing and of, of wholeness. Yeah. Noreen, thank you so much for that. Um, so we're coming to the end of this part of the podcast. I think you had a suggestion for us on music, did you? Ah, yes. Um, There's a nice piece of music there that I I brought a few different pieces, but uh, what strikes me now that might fit in here is The Many are a New York Christian band and they play a piece of music called All Belong Here. And really it's about if you come and, you know, you might feel you're not worthy, you might feel you don't fit in. But actually, when you're talking about the love of God, all belong here. Perfect. Thanks, Millionaire. We'll talk to you soon. You're not sure who you really are. All you feel is the shape of your scars And you have more wounds than you can count Open your eyes, look all around You aren't alone, this is your home Come and remember who you are here Do this to remember who I am to